You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi, Becky. <laughs> what do you think? There's been a ton of new monoliths popping up everywhere. We can't even keep up with it. <laughs> Well, they're definitely not alien as far as we can tell. Well, do we know that, though? I think for sure when you see, like, cuts in the ground where they, like... Well, how do you know that was an alien laser yeah, precision that's cut? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had Utah, Romania, and where was the, the newest one? It was in Syracuse. No, Yeah, <laughs> probably was. If it was to be in Syracuse, Syracuse where, would, if, where would a monolith end up? Uh, on a dog lake park. <laughs> I think they would stay far away from that one. I don't know. I mean, what is the purpose of a monolith anyway? Is it supposed to be like a transponder, a transporter? I think it represents a penis. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> like the, I think you're supposed to say something more like, it's very phallic. <laughs> hey, Steph, you know what? Yeah? We have a caller on the line. We do? It's the first time <laughs> <laughs> We do. It's the magic of technology. I finally got a component that allows for phone calls to come through. Hi, caller. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, this is Kat, and I'm calling from the living room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, caller, what is your question? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm wondering... What's the craziest thing that either of you have been through in the last 24 hours? Well, thank you for that question, Kat, from the living room. Steph, you want to take this? Okay. (laughs) Thank you, caller. All right. I'll take this back because coincidentally, (laughs) something in the past 24 hours has happened to me that was very strange. This morning, get into my apartment building and there's someone in the mail room, which is the entrance to our apartment. You can't get into our building. You can get into the mail room no matter who you are. So I see a guy. He's wearing like a baseball cap and he's dressed nice. He's clean cut. I thought it was the mailman. Did he have a mailman uniform? Well, no, but all I saw from, you know, before I got in was him through the window and I saw a hat and it had the colors of a mailman. Like <laughs> blue. <laughs> Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like the blue color or whatever. And I thought, oh, that's the mailman. So I walk right in and his back is still towards me. He never turns around. And that's kind of typical when I've had seen the mailman in there. He's like not really paying much attention. He's just doing his job. So then I'm like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, oh, are you the mailman? Because I all of a sudden looking at him, I'm like, he doesn't look like the mailman. <laughs> and he's like, I'm way higher than the mailman. I'm oh. like, I'm like, <laughs> What what do you mean way higher than the mailman? He says, I'm beyond the mailman. Whoa. What is beyond the mailman? I think he's thinking on a federal level, like he must be a federal agent or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I said, who are you? And he would not answer my question. And I'm cornered in this tiny little room that's probably about four feet by five feet. And I'm saying, why are you going through our mail? I've realized that this is not a mailman. This is just a regular person going through the mailboxes. And he looks at me and he's just like, 
you don't understand who I am. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm he's gonna... above the mailman. Yeah. So I said, you're going through our mail. And he's like, what do you think? Is this a state crime or a federal crime? This is what he asked me. Wow. I said, this is a federal crime. If you don't leave now, I'm going to call the police. He's like, oh, you go and do that. And he starts talking to me without using any reverberation of his voice. It's all silent. What? Wait, well, how do you talk to someone with no... He's mouthing everything and using like a weird sign language. I'm like, what are you doing? So I call the police. Yeah. And I said, there's a person here that's in my mail room. He's going through our mail. He will not leave. And he's being threatening, which he was because he just would not leave. Did you have your pepper mace ready? No, I had my key to my Toyota Corolla ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I grabbed that. I had a few groceries in my arms, so I put those down. And I realized I'm cornered in this small room. I can't do like a roundhouse kick to the head. Right. Right. There's no other move I could do in this room except maybe jab him with my key. So that's what I thought. I'm going to get that ready. And then he starts using like silent language, you know, like he's talking to me without using words. He's like mouthing stuff. I don't know what he's saying. I'm talking to the police. They're asking for a description. I'm saying, hey, are you going to send it somebody right now because I'm cornered (laughs) in a room? And the guy's just like, I know who you are. I see your glasses. I recognize you. You dress like a bum. Wow. (laughs) said I dress like a bum. I was like, I'm wearing jeans and a nice winter jacket. But you're taking this a little too hard from the man that's dressed like a mailman wannabe. (laughs) I don't know what he was doing. So he starts to leave. He finally starts to leave when he's getting like the idea, okay, I'm really talking to the police. I think he thought I was faking the whole thing. So then he's like yelling at me, accusing. In one, my apartment building belongs to a church. And he's saying, he's accusing me of like betraying the church. You shouldn't be living here. This is not right. I'm realizing this guy is super mental ill. It's not like he's coming from any point of reason. So he starts leaving and I follow him and I'm on the phone with the dispatcher for 911. And all of a sudden the, the police pull up. And he's mouthing off to the police, and the police are basically using their authority. And he feels it, and he's trying to to get away from them. The police officer wants my account, and I'm talking to him, and he says, we know this guy. He's mentally ill, and we've dealt with him before. He'll start talking silently and using, like, hand language, his own, like, uh, sign language, to communicate, and no one knows what the hell he's talking about. So this is the neighborhood crazy. But I've never seen him, and he, the police were like, haven't you seen him before? Like, never once in my life. And I said, only one other time a man came into our mailroom, was definitely trying to steal something. And when I showed up there, he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm leaving right now. And he's never come back. And out of the 15 years I've been there, never had an issue, except in the past couple of years. There's no reasoning with these people. Right. And they need help. It's sad, but it's scary. I was trapped in a small room with this guy. I kept on expecting him to attack. For a brief moment, did you think, this dude is really above the mailman? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, kind of in a way, because like, who am I? Because at first experience, I was like, who am I talking to? Like, who is this guy? But right after he said that, and then his demeanor, I was like, oh, I don't know. There was a full moon earlier this week. Yeah. Your computers were oh, yes. acting up. Yep. Everything was acting up. And I'm hoping this is the last day of all this stuff that's happening. I hope so, too. For both our sakes.
So, Steph, what is today's show about? Well, today's show is going to be about a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Africa, specifically Congo, a place called Kibeho in Rwanda, Africa. Okay. And so this happened, I think it was in 1980 or 81. I heard about this back in the 90s. If anyone is listening that had some knowledge of the 90s, there was a genocide in Rwanda between the Hutu and Tutsi clans in the Congo. Okay. It was 1994, and this is when the peak of everything, there's a lot of problems going on beforehand, but it all peaked in 1994 to the point where there was estimated between 500 to 800,000 Tutsis killed in Rwanda. That's really sad. It's a genocide. The Tutsis, on their version of things, they're claiming one million people had been killed. But the historians and all these people think it's more reduced, between five and 800,000. That's still a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. There's some interesting things that I think parallel what's going on now in the United States. And I don't say to an exact, like, this is what's going to happen to us. I'm not predicting, like, a genocidal thing that's going on in our country. But I think some of the issues that came about are what's going on now with racial issues. Racial tensions. Yes. Okay. Don't you remember when this happened in Rwanda? I think I was partying my ass off in the 90s. I remember all of this because I'd watch the news and you would see, literally, there was a river running through Cabello and it was blood red with people's blood. That's horrific. You would see heads floating, bodies floating, and they would talk about it, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. Now, 1994, I think I was like 16 years old. I wasn't political at all at the time. I didn't know anything. But what you're going to explain to us is in regards to the Virgin Mary appearing as a warning? Yes. Now, in 1981, there was three girls had some messages from the Blessed Virgin Mary. They're very mystical. It's the most accurate prophecy that's ever come from a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary because there's a lot. You could go back centuries on visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary from somebody. And some of them are very like cryptic or symbolic. And something happens and, and people will assume, well, maybe this is what it meant what the Virgin Mary was saying. But literally, this uh, message that the Blessed Virgin Mary gave to these three kids, and actually there was more than the three, but the three initially are the most accepted, I guess. There was others. There was a pagan and like a Muslim that were involved in that. And I think most of them got killed in this too, which is kind of sad, which shows that God didn't pick favors with anybody. He expected, you know, whatever happened. And even though he gave the warning to the visionaries, they had to go through their suffering too it wasn't like they were exempt because they saw god or something or right the virgin mary these people that experienced this they experienced it in africa yeah okay august 19th 1982 in cabejo near a catholic girls school in the mountainous farm terrain of deepest africa which (laughs) in the deepest of africa (laughs) my name is king joffy jaffur of zamunda (laughs) is that coming to america (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) mountainous farm terrain of deepest africa And the Blessed Mother appeared to the visibly upset and weeping seers one by one and showed each vision of a terrible event in the near future, including terrifying images of people killing each other, bodies lying abandoned with no one to bury them, trees on fire, an open abyss, a river of blood, and decapitated heads. So this is what they saw from the Virgin Mary. And I've seen video images of the seers going through this, 
and their eyes are so bloodshot from crying. Wait a minute. Somebody videotaped it? Yeah, because they were getting messages on a repetitive, repetitive basis. basis. So people were videoing what was happening. Oh, so this just wasn't a one-time deal. No, it was going on. Some of them had, I think, up until 1989. They're getting messages that the people, because the Tutsis and the Hutus are basically the same people, but they have a history that was growing into a division. Okay. And this is what's going on in our country, I think, right now, in a way, because we're focused too much on black, white, whatever, and not looking at each other. And we're just human beings. Like, the Hutus looked at the Tutsis as they're very, like, influenced by the colonial or whatever. They had Germans. They had all these different groups coming in that influenced them. And so there is more class warfare than racial warfare. It really comes down to class. And I think that's what's going on in our country now. It's the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. So there's this victim mentality in this country and using, I think, the past problems. I think when you have so many struggles from people in poorer communities and they're told over and over again, this is why you have these problems. And it's constantly pushing something that's not really happening. That's what was happening in Rwanda and Cabejo was one group after another and they had divisions in their tribe. But yet they were the same people. Tell us more about the visions and what they were seeing. So the visionaries sometimes cried, their teeth chattered. I've seen this in videos. They looked terrified. Okay. They trembled. They collapsed several times with the full weight of their bodies during the apparitions, which lasted nearly eight hours. So these are like ecstasies. They're seeing the Virgin, you know. The crowd of about 20,000 present on that day was given an impression of fear, indeed panic, and sadness. So them going through what they went through, you know, they're telling the people, this is like 14 or 15 years before it happened, given abundant time before this whole thing exploded. And my point in this whole thing is that a lot of times we are given these warnings before something happens. I don't know how many times, if you remember back in the 90s, it seems like, there was a lot going on with, you know, not just Catholic, but, you know, other people's having visions of like the coastlines like disappearing or whatever. We're given these warnings way ahead of time. And are we listening to them? And I look at our our present state with our current government in the United States. There's so many different ways you can try to approach something like that and try to solve a problem. But we're all against each you know in in a way we're all taking sides and we're all trying to very tribal yeah it's very tribal right now and history repeats itself it seems yeah and i feel like when i look at this i'm like i feel like we're going through this in the united states i don't think we're going to end up as bad as let's hope not i know let's hope not we don't need any more but even if the virgin of mary appeared today in america Mm -hmm. to give us these warnings would people accept that? Would people... I think this is the issue because there's so many warnings that the Virgin Mary has given to all different people throughout the centuries, and there literally none of them have been really heeded except for Our Lady of in Knock, Ireland. That, the people, they pretty much... They were in the potato famine thing. There was a lot of problems with the British, with Ireland, and they were starving to death. And they responded so well that the Virgin Mary blessed them. A whole group, like, I mean, like a whole church full of people were blessed to see the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, and the child Jesus in a vision. And she said that they were allowed to see this because they responded so positively to a negative situation. 
So this is just in Knock, Ireland. I don't know about other areas of Ireland. But they were starving, desperate. Instead of, like, turning it into a violent situation because they were being oppressed, they responded very positively and accepted everything that happened. They decided to pray instead and to, like, be peaceful. So then God sends the Virgin Mary an image, and everyone was able to see it there. That's a huge event that happened in Knock, Ireland. But I think for the most part, all the warnings that we've had, um, no one really pays much attention to them. Learning about these things over the years for myself, I tried very hard to be aware and respond humbly to bad situations because of this, but from knowing these things. And like we were talking earlier about mental illness with that guy that I encountered, there's people in this world that they're born into a situation, they either are born with a mental illness or some sort of family life that kind of determines how they turn out. And it's not really their fault. It's kind of a programming that we all get, you know. And if we're blessed to be loved in a family, that's amazing. But some are not. They end up being the rejects of society. And I think we need to be more understanding and merciful and make sure, you know, that we're forgiving in these circumstances. Otherwise, it just feeds into hatred. But I think right now the, the worst thing that's going on is misinformation of other people and demonizing other people for their beliefs, no matter what they are, and uh, accusing them of terrible things that are not even happening, you know, like rumors, you know, mm -hmm. which are the worst thing. I think these are the things that fuel uh, a lot of this, uh, you know, hatred for one another, use false information. So I can see where the parallels are coming in between the event mm -hmm. that happened in the 80s, the 90s? 80s and 90s. And, yeah. and to now. So what is supernatural and, and mystical about this besides her just appearing? I mean, it's repetitive. That's that's mm -hmm. pretty crazy. How many times did it repeat? I don't know. I know that for some, they were getting visions of Mary up until like 1989. So you think 81 to 89, a long time. That's eight years. Going back to the history of the Hutu and the Tutsi, there's some sort of collected history about these people that they have recorded otherwise they wouldn't have been able to read about it but basically what happened is at a certain point germans had come into their country almost like a colonialism and made them understand the things about the bible christianity right? christianity and so with that they believed just from the way that they looked they looked like ethiopian people so they for some reason associated with their features everything's coming from a christian or maybe a catholic perspective and they would look at their looks and they're very attractive people beautiful people the germans said oh you look like ethiopians and they looked at them like they came from the hamites well when you hear the word like hamites that comes from shem ham comes from noah noah had the three sons so Hamites, for some reason, people in Christianity associate these people with black people, and that comes from the remnant of this last people on earth because, you know, there's a flood, and that's basically saying, oh, you are these people, and they just basically pluck something from the Bible and said, you are these people. So they started forming a mythology about themselves. We're these people. And then when the tribe started splitting, they were comparing too many differences with each other when they were pretty much identical people. And the fact that the Tutsis had basically 
that European governmental background and the Hutus, and they were some were more like agricultural, and some were hunter gatherer or like having cattle. And these are the weird differences between them over the years that created this division to that present day. One was better than the other. One was whiter than the other. These things were also ridiculous because they're really the same people. Right. Same language, same... Skin color. Skin color, ceremony, everything. It was more like the have and the have-nots, the rich and the poor. I find it kind of weird that it's the Virgin Mary that shows up to them and not someone from their cultural belief system to warn them. Well, this is coming from only my point of view only is that Jesus is the son of God and Mary's his mother. So it's saying I am the real mother. She's coming as a mother. Yeah, but why wouldn't it have been whoever it is that they worship? They're very Christian over right, there. Right, but pre-Christianity. Yeah. Why wouldn't it have been? But do you ever hear from any other religion that this woman figure comes and visits them or a man figure comes? It's always, ever since Christianity, it's always been her. Have you ever heard of Buddha appearing to anybody and telling them, better straighten yourself out or a big war is going to come? No. <laughs> that's what I'm That's what I'm saying. I find it yeah. a little odd that it's always seemed to be her in the apparitions. All right. This one has been extremely accurate. Extremely. The most accurate out of all the apparitions. Because some of them are mysterious and we're meant to know a revealing point in time why certain things happen. But this one is very specific, very accurate. But there is a history of the Virgin Mary appearing to people forever. It's going back from the beginning. So I think this is just Our Lady. I really believe in her very much. I pray to her all the time. She loves her children. She looks at, at all of us, not just Catholics, but everybody. That's her children. And she's going to come and warn if she really has to. So there's another apparition that happened in the 70s in uh, Japan. This woman, her name is uh, Agnes Sasagawa. She was a, a religious sister, like a nun in a convent. And she started having experiences like um, wounds in her hands and things like that out of nowhere. And the Virgin Mary started appearing to her. And and she warned her that she had, her and her community of sisters had to pray for something specific in the future. And the unique thing about that one is it talks about the future of the church, bishops being against bishops, cardinals being against cardinals. We are exactly in that spot right now. And I know you don't know that because you don't read up on what's going on, but I do. And basically, because of Pope Francis, he's very controversial. And because of this point in the church, like in 19, I think it was between early 1960 to 68, our church transitioned from a Latin form of the mass to a vernacular form of the mass. And there was a lot of other changes that happened with that. So a lot of Catholics that went through that and then are still alive to this present day are very suspicious about why that happened. And they feel like it's a, a betrayal of our Catholic roots, you know, to go to the vernacular. So these divisions that are happening in the church right now, like with Pope Francis, he seems to come off as a very liberal and confusing pope to most. Need to tread lightly here. Yeah. And then to some, he is really awesome. They think he's great. I personally 
looking at everything, it's like, it is confusing. I've never seen a person like this. It's either he's really awesome or he's evil. You know, I don't, it's, that's how hard it is to detect this person. And I am going in a direction that I'm trying not to influence anybody out there. With their beliefs. Yeah. So I pray for him. I also pray for myself because I'm like, I, I want to be on the straight and narrow. I don't want to be somewhere off that I don't know who I am. To me, the most important message that overall that the Virgin Mary has come to tell everybody is that God loves you. He wants you to continually be in prayer, look for enlightenment. And if you're doing something very bad, and I think our conscience tells most people what's what's bad, you know, whether or not it's you're in a foreign religion, you sometimes for the most part, let's hope. I mean, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what we're seeing today isn't showing our. Well, I don't think they're examining their conscience. I think that they're they believe in some sort of justice, and they're fired up about getting some sort of justice for themselves. But transforming yourself into another person that is outstanding—that's a big work to do for any individual but I think that's what the messages are is like you know God wants us to be like him you know that's what we we're destined for is to be like God so to me those are the messages from that you know is to transform yourself work hard at being virtuous and uh, pray use the things that the gifts that we're given as a human being we have spiritual gifts we all have spiritual gifts and to use those to do good and forgive in the hardest circumstances, you know, forgive your enemies and... Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, that about does it for the show today. Thanks for listening. Amen. Amen. <laughs> to the Spirit Podcast. Supernatural Science. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine Source. Heaven. Then. It's magic, magic.